Welcome to Project Lekut Sichis. We're going to be learning today Sichah Beis of Parshas Pekudei and Chelik Yud Aleph, page 175. So Rashi brings from the Pasik the two words Mishkan, Mishkan. And Rashi explains. Shnei pa'amim, the Torah says, ha-mishkan, mishkan twice, remez l'mikdash, shenismashkin b'shnei churbanin, al-avenisayim shal Yisrael. This is a hint to the two batim mikdashais that were taken as a collateral, were taken as a mashkin when they were destroyed because of the sins of the Yidin. That's the repetition of mashkin, mashkin, or mishkan, mishkan, which refers to a mashkin, the fact that the two batim mikdashas were destroyed and taken as a collateral, because of the sins of Yidin. So we have the following questions that need to be explained in this Rashi. The Rebbe and all is going to ask over here seven questions. So now the very fact that this Remez comes up right over here in Parshish Pekude. This is the right place. It makes sense that this Remez comes here. Since this parsha is sort of a sachakol, it's the, the final calculation of all the details of everything that was done in building the mishkan. As Rashi says in the beginning of this pasuk, in this parsha, it was counted all of the weights of the donations of the mishkan. Or Mishkale actually means all of the coins that they bought for the Mishkan. Kesev, Lazov, Lachoshes, and Venimna Kokela, Lachalavidasai, the silver, the gold, the copper, and all the other items that were brought. So Lachain, Kanu, Amokim, Lerames, Loidbez, Mikdashes, Shilas. So here is the right place to also hint to the fact that besides the Mishkan that's being built at this time, there's also going to be two Batim Mikdashes in the future that the Yidden will have. Ulam Kashalahavim. However, what's difficult here is as follows. Why is the remez in the Pasuk, in the words, Mishkan, Mishkan, that refers to the Churban, the destruction of, two, of the two Beis HaMikdash? Uh, that it was destroyed twice. And why isn't the Torah hinting to the future Beis HaMikdash when it will be standing? Not when it will be destroyed. We're talking up here about the Sachakel of the building of the Mishkan, so we should also hint to the future of the building of the two Batim Mikdashes. Beis, you say to me, the question goes even further. Why are Razal interpreting the Pasuk this way? There's actually an alternative way how to interpret this Pasuk here. Hamayra al-Khurbana, that refers to the destruction. Vaharei bekame mekaimis, in many places, upshute shal mikra, in the simple pshat of the Pasik, hu lefarshay, meloshem v'shachanti b'seicham. The word mishkan is the place where the shechina dwells. That's what it means, v'shachanti. Shahoy is a gambe mikdash. And this is true about the mikdash as well, that the Ebesha dwelled in the Besam mikdash. Uba'if in shayna be'echad ma'ashayni, the level of shechina that was in the first Besam mikdash is not the same, to what was in the second Beis HaMikdash. So why wouldn't we say that when it says Mishka, Mishka, Shnei Pamim, it refers to two Batim Mikdashais where the Ebershah dwells in, not taken as a collateral, as a Mashkin. 
Gimel Mizesha Rashi Maitik. Hamishkan Mishkan. So Rashi brings from the Pasik the repetition of Hamishkan Mishkan. Muva Mielov should the Yukayu Machbalas Tevis Mishkan. So it's self understood what he's coming to address. The fact that there's a repetition there in this word. So why does Rashi have to spell this out clearly? Shnei Pomim. That is, look, you see, it says it twice. Rashi gives his pshat in the Pasik without telling you what the question he's coming to answer with his pshat. So, most definitely right over here. The fact that uh, it says twice is something that Rashi doesn't have to point out explicitly. It's very clear what Rashi is coming to address. Dalad, another question here is Lomo Dayik Rashi Lomer Remez Lamikdosh Shenis Mashkin Loshin Yochid Bishnechrobonin. Why does Rashi refer to two Batimikdoshes with a singular term that it's a Remez to one Mikdosh that was taken as a collateral? Ba'alahim Beis Mikdoshes. If the repetition of twice Mishkan Mishkan refers to two Mikdoshes, Olochayra Yanachin Yeselema Remez Lamikdoshes Shenis Mashkinu Baloshin Rabin. The two Mikdoshes that were taken as a Mashkin. Which fits better with the beginning of what Rashi starts with, that is twice, and the conclusion of what he says, that this happens by two churbanim, in, a, in a, a plural term. Hey, another question here is, Why does Rashi have to spell out and explain what the cause of the churban is, because of the Avedis of Yidin? So Rashi's question is that it says Mishkan twice. So the answer to that is there and is explained. It's a hint to two Batim Mikdashais that will be taken as a Mashkin. The cause of why that's going to happen is irrelevant for the Pshat of the Pasik here. Another question is Allah Pasik earlier in Parshas Vayigash. That Yosef falls on the neck of his brother Binyamin, and Binyamin falls on the neck of his brother Yosef. So what's the remez here? There are two Mikdashes that are going to be in the portion in Eretz Yisrael of Binyamin, and they're going to be destroyed. And there's a Mishkan Shiloi that will be in the portion of Yosef in Eretz Yisrael and is also going to be destroyed. So they were crying also about the future. So what do we see here that Rashi already tells us before about this? So besides the two Batim Mikdashis that were destroyed, you also have Mishkan Shiloi that was destroyed. If so, we could ask the following question. How does Rashi know to say that the repetition of Mishkan twice refers to the two Mikdashes? And then we would remain with a question. So why is there no hint to the Chorban of Mishkan Shila here? Ulai... Perhaps in Vada Rabbi Yosef Karav Loimar, it would it would be more logical to say Shekavanosai lechurbanan shal mishkan shiloi hakaidim lehem v'shal mikdashrishen. Let's go back to what's before. Why not say that the, the repetition of mishkan mishkan refers to once the mishkan shiloi being destroyed and also the first pesamikdash? 
And then we wouldn't have a question regarding why the second Beis HaMikdash is not hinted here, as the Rebbe explains in parentheses. We would answer that the Chorgma, the second Beis HaMikdash, is not mentioned, because it was a Mikdash that was lacking in five areas, so it wasn't with the same intensity of the Shechina there. So therefore that's not included. Which is not the case with the Shechina dwelling in the Mishkan of Moshe Rabbeinu, and the Mishkan Shiloi, and the first base of Mikdash, the dwelling of the Shechina there was more complete. And that's why that's hinted there, because they're compared in that sense. So we would understand why the second base of Mikdash is left out. So why does Rashi say that Mishkan Mishkan refers to the two Batim Mikdashais and not Mishkan Shiloi? Zion, the, the, the seventh and final question on Rashi here is, Rashi Mefarish may Haloshan Mishkan Shaham Mikdash Nismashkin B'Shnei Churbanim. From the word Mishkan, we see that the base of Mikdash was taken as a Mashkin. I know, meaning, It could be compared to a lender taking a collateral. Now, if we look at what happened, it doesn't seem to be the case. A Mashkin is what, was what a lender will take from the borrower for temp- temporarily, until he has money to pay, and then he returns the very same object to its owner, to the to the borrower. over here in our case, the took away from the Yidden, he destroyed the first base of Mikdash and took it as a mashkin. If in fact it's a mashkin, it should be returned as is. The second base of Mikdash should be the very same building, the very same object returned to the Yidden. What's the reality? There were many things that were missing in the second base of Mikdash that were there in the first. Rashi wrote this earlier. So Rashi there says, Kairish built the second base of Mikdash. The Shechina did not dwell there the way it did in the first. It dwelled in the first base of Mikdash. So we see that there was a major difference as far as the level of Shechina in the second base of Mikdash comparing to the first. In the second base of Mikdash, the Kain had the Chayshin. The name of Hashem that was inside the Chayshin in the first base of Mikdash was not there in the second base of Mikdash. So we see that in the second base of Mikdash it was, it was lacking. So how can we say that the first base of Mikdash is taken as a mashkin and is being returned as is? It wasn't returned. The very same level of shechina and so on in the first base of Mikdash was not returned in the second base of Mikdash. So we have many, many questions on this seemingly short and simple Rashi over here that the Rebbe asks. We need to understand what's going on. Says the Rebbe Vaita Vabir so the Pshad is as follows. Iker Inyim Besam Mikdash. So the first thing the Rebbe will point out, if we're looking at the two Batam Mikdashes and we want to see if they're similar or not similar, one of the main points the Rebbe pointed out in the question is that they seem to not be similar. But if we take a look at what the essence of the Besam Mikdash is, we'll discover that in essence they are the same. Iker Inyim Besam Mikdash, the Pasik describes the Besam Mikdash already much earlier. In Parshas Vayetze, Beis Selekim. This is an abode for Hashem. 
This is the gateway to heaven. What does it mean, gateway to heaven? In Haramiriya, the place where the Beis Hamikdash is, it's positioned opposite the Beis Hamikdash Shalomayla, a spiritual Beis Hamikdash above, and therefore this is the permanent dwelling of Hashem. There's another Pasuk in Parshas B'Shalach, This is the seat, this is the place where Hashem sits, the Shechina is here in the Beis Hamikdash, and Rashi there says again that this is the permanent dwelling of Hashem because it's corresponding and opposite the Beis Hamikdash above. Another Pasuk in Parshas Mishpatim, Hamokim Asher Hachi Noisi, the place which I have designated, the place of the Harabayis, Haramiriya, which is corresponding to the Beis Hamikdash above. And therefore there's another Pasuk where it says, which this is in Divrei Ayamim, Hamokim, uh, sorry, Live Nois as Beis Hashem, Yerushalayim, the place to build the permanent dwelling, the home for Hashem is in Yerushalayim. Vinikra Beis Elamim, and it's also referred to as the Beis Elamim, the everlasting home of Hashem. This is the comparison. The main thing that characterizes the dwelling of Hashem is equal by the two Bate Mikdash. Which is not the case with the Mishkan of Meshach Rabbeinu in the Midbar. And Mishkan Shila in Eretz Yisrael. It's not the permanent dwelling and it's not corresponding to the spiritual Beis Mikdash above. It's only referred to as a tent. A temporary dwelling for the Shechina. You can't at all compare a temporary dwelling to a permanent dwelling. So therefore we see that the first Beis HaMikdash and the second Beis HaMikdash are in essence the same. The, the Mishkan and the Mishkan Shiloi are in a completely different category. This is simply understood even for a child of five years old. The details that may uh, differentiate one home from another does not change the main essential character of a home. It's a temporary, sorry, it's a permanent dwelling for the one that lives inside it. That's what the, the essence of what a home is about. oil, which is not the case with a tent. Even if it contains in the different details a design, furniture, or other things that are in a, in a temporary dwelling that might be more compared to a house than another house is compared to this house. But in its very essence of what it is, it's a temporary dwelling, it's totally not compared to a permanent home. So therefore, even if it could be that as far as the details of the first base of Mikdash and the second base of Mikdash, or the level of Shechina and other things, it wasn't the same, but as far as the essence and the nature of what the base of Mikdash is, the, t- the permanent dwelling for Hashem, they're the same. In that sense, they're equal. So what is that But nevertheless, with the main point, the essence of what it is, it's the same, bias, a home for Hashem. When the Eivishter gives back the Yidin, the second Beis Amikdash, it is returning the same Beis Amikdash as before. It's returning the dwelling, the permanent dwelling, the home of Hashem. The Mishkan, which was just a tent. You can't say regarding this tent, that it was taken as a mashkin, and then this tent is returned to the Eden in the base of Mikdash. It's totally not the same. 
They're not compared to each other in the very essence of what it is. This is a temporary dwelling and this is a home. So therefore, over here, when we're talking about the, the remez of a mashkin, it has to be referring only to the two Batim Mikdashais and not to Mishkan Shiloi and the first base of Mikdash. is another point that, that we could explain here why Rashi chooses the two Batim Mikdash and not Mishkan Shiloi and the base of Mikdash. Haremez, Lebeza Mashkainis, who Hamishkan, Hamishkan base Pamim. Where is the remez? Where is the hint? For these two mashkainis, mishkan mishkan, it's the two repetition of this word mishkan mishkan. Hainush they teves adoyim zelaze, the same word repeated. Sahareze gufem elamdenu al advarim hamurimazim al yadam. The fact that there's a hint to two places where the shchina dwelled in, in two words that are the same words repeated again, so that teaches us what it's hinting to. Shagam heim shavim zelaze that it's hinting to two things that are equal that are the same. So if so, the hint is to the two permanent dwellings, the two Bate Mikdash, that are the same, as the Rebbe explained before. And not to an oil, a temporary dwelling, and a house, a home, the Besa Mikdash. So in the very remez of Ha Mishkan Mishkan, twice repeating the same words, we see that it refers to the same place, the same kind of place, a base Mikdash, the two Batim Mikdash, and not to the oil Shiloh in the base Mikdash. So now we can understand what Rashi means. Rashi adds and emphasizes that the Tate is repeating the same word twice, although it's self understood that that's what it's coming to address. What Rashi is emphasizing here is that this is not only a hint, because there's an extra word here. There's a repetition, an extra word. If that was the case, then it doesn't force us to say that the two things, the two batimikdosh that it's hinting to, are compared to each other. Ella, rather, what Ashi is saying is, The hint over here is that the very same word is repeated twice. It's the very same word and, and concept. That the Torah repeats twice, and it's it's this repetition that tells us that this one mikdash is there by the first base of mikdash and comes back by the second base of mikdash. It's not really a different base of mikdash. It's the very same mikdash that was there the first time and was taken as a mashkin and is coming back. It's that's why it says it the same word because it's the same thing that's coming back. It's the first base of Mikdash is the second base of Mikdash. Mikdash Echad. It's the same base of Mikdash that's coming back. But then it's taken as a mashkin in between and also after the Chorban of the second base of Mikdash it's taken as a mashkin until the Ebesha will rebuild the third base of Mikdash. So so if so, it's obvious. So therefore it doesn't refer to Mishkan Shiloi and the base of Mikdash which are not compared to each other. So this explains why Rashi of here uses the singular term that it's a remez lemikdash and ismashkin and not remez to two bate mikdash, which one is mashkin, because the whole point here is that it's the same word being repeated twice because in essence they are one and the same. It's the same mikdash that comes back by the second base of mikdash. That's the pshat of here, that it's, it's, it's Lashin Yochin and Rashi. Bav Kaisiv Rashi, remez lemikdash. Now the Rebbe Bavonin is another shaila. Based on what we're saying here, that the similarity 
of the two Bate Mikdash, as opposed to the Mishkan Shiloi, is the fact that they're both a bias, they're a permanent dwelling. Why wouldn't Rashi spell that out clearly in his words? Why wouldn't Rashi say Beisa Mikdash? Rashi writes Mikdash, Beloi Beisa Mikdash, Kanal, that's an important point there, but Rashi still skips it. Kikidarkai, as Rashi's derech is, Shafila Godashev Pirushai, Tzarechlis Miyashev is Divriya Mikra. Even when Rashi brings a remez, a drash, in his pshat, but it still has to fit into the wording of a pasuk. In the language of the Torah, we find mishkan and mikdash, which are the same thing, a place where the shechina dwells. The expression of beisam mikdash we don't find in the pasuk. So therefore, Rashi is using the terminology of the Torah in order to apply his pshat, fitting into the lashon of the pasuk. Rebbe continues, Now that we see that the whole point of here is the mashkin. And the point of the mashkin is that it's the same Beis HaMikdash that was there the first time and comes back by the second Beis HaMikdash. That's the concept of a mashkin, that it's returning the very same thing. Why the title is being Miramas to the two Bati Mikdashes in this concept of a mashkin, which is referring to the fact that there's going to be a Chorbin. Taking it as a mashkin is the Chorbin. The other Rabbah, on the contrary, Mashkin Madgishum Echadish, the whole Chiddush of the Mashkin is, Shehadava Nimtza Bishleimusay Tomada Filikishavim Bereshus Lereshos. The whole idea of a Mashkin is, even when the borrower gives this item to the lender, it's there, it's fully intact, it's being safeguarded by the lender until he'll pay him the money. It's not being destroyed, it's not being annulled and taken away completely. It's there fully. So Adarab, it's emphasizing not only do you have these two Bate Mikdosh, but it's really one base on Mikdosh that's just going from where it is here below. And when it's destroyed, Abish is sort of possessing it and safeguarding it in order to return the very same base on Mikdosh again. That's the Chiddush over here. So therefore Rashi doesn't say Mishkan means, like we usually touch, Mishkan is the dwelling. Mishkan refers to this concept of Mashkin. That's the whole Chiddush over here. That we're talking about the very same Mishkan that's there and only taken as a Mashkin and being returned again. The two Bati Mikdash are one and the same. That's the Chiddush here. Chorben Beis HaMikdash Lehoi Ba'if Mishak Kaddish Baruch Hu Bittla Metzies Chas V'Shalom It wasn't that Hashem completely took away the whole concept of the Beis HaMikdash by the destruction of the first, and then by the second base of Mikdash, it's a brand new base of Mikdash that's being rebuilt and, and, and being given to the Eden. That's not what happens. Kiyim rather, mashkin. The Ebesh is taking it, the Ebesh is possessing it and safeguarding it like a collateral. And by the second base of Mikdash, the Ebesh returned it. And the Ebesh will in the future return it to the third base of Mikdash, to Yidin. So that's the whole concept of here. That's the Remez, the beautiful idea that comes out from this Mashkin. That it's a repetition of the two words that are the same word that shows that it's really one and the same and there's never a real concept of Chorben that takes place. The Chorben is just Hashem possessing it with the intention to return it when it'll be possible. So now we can understand that the mashkin is being taken because of the sins of Yidin. This is the basis and the explanation of why it's only a mashkin and not a real destruction. If it was the case that the base of Mikdash was destroyed for its own reason, not because of whatever Yidin did that caused it, but the base of Mikdash itself, 
has to be destroyed at a certain point. For example, the Rebbe says, If we would say that the Besamikdash has a certain expiration date, this is how long it's going to be standing, and after that, it's destroyed. That is a bitl. So then when it's destroyed, it's a real destruction. It's gone. It's removed. And then you didn't have to earn a new Besamikdash from scratch. But, it's only the Yidin that bring about this destruction. It's an external thing that the Yidin's of Vedas is what causes this. But the Mikdash doesn't have a built-in expiration date. So the, the definition of Chorban is the access to the Yidin is being taken away. The Abish is just possessing it and holding it, safeguarding it until the time will come to return it. But it's not a real destruction. It's not completely taking away the base of Mikdash, that it, it's not there anymore. No, it's, it's, it's there, and it's just that the access to the Yidin has been removed. So this is the whole reason, this is the whole pshat of why it's Taka Amashkin. That's why Rashi brings up, of any same shall Yisrael. Oitam, the Rebbe says, by of any same shall Yisrael, shall Rashi. We can give another reason why Rashi adds this detail of what caused the destruction, the sins of the Yidin. Letaretz, Rashi is answering the following question. Hey Nemes, yes it's true, Shalashna Kosov Mochach, the Ayri Bibeza Mikdoshis Veloy Bishilai. That we're talking over here about the two Mikdoshis and not Shilai, Kanal as we've explained. This needs an additional explanation. Why did the Tayra not hint to the fact that the Yidin will have another place, Mishkan Shilai? Or Chorb Mishilai? Rashi, so therefore Rashi says, Al Avinisayim Shal Yisrael. That here the Tayra is only referring to a mashkin, to the Chorbin and the mashkin that was taken in a case when it was the sins of the Yidin that caused it. This is a mashkin that's been taken as a mashkin for all Yidin. When all Yidin will pay up their dues because of the Averis that they did. That's what the Rem is over here, is something that relates to all of Klal Yisrael. Mishkan Shili was not destroyed because of all of the Eden, and there was only the cause of the children of Eli that acted inappropriately, so that's why it was destroyed. So that's something that's related to individuals. It's not something that relates to all of Klal Yisrael. And the title here is only bringing up the concept of a mashkin as it relates to all of Klal Yisrael. The Rebbe says we can go further and say another reason, a third reason, Remez, another hint by Safas Rashal in the in the fact that Rashi adds that the, the, the destruction and the Mashkin is the only caused by the Avedis of Yidin. This comes to show to what extent and how far and the the standing of the Beis Mikdash is from the Avishra's perspective. The great desire and will of Hashem, that the base of should remain there, accessible to Yidin, amongst Yidin. So Rashi is telling us it's the Avedis of Yidin that caused the Chorben. But, but what's the history? It was already many years before the actual Chorben that the Yidin were sinning. There were many sins that the Yidin transgressed. The same is true in the second base of Mikdash as the history is told in the Gemara and on Madrashim and in other places. Because then, nevertheless, the Ebishter waited a long period of time. 
And the Besamikdash wasn't actually destroyed, both regarding the first and the second Besamikdash, until many years passed. The extended the Besamikdash's standing many years to give the Yidin the opportunity to do tshuva. And perhaps the Besamikdash then, after the tshuva, so the Besamikdash will, will stand. So this is the idea of Avinusayim Shal Yisrael, that it's the Avedis of Yidin, and then you look into the history, you see that the Abishter extended this and gave Yidin another chance, another chance to do tshuva. This follows the point that we said before, we're basically, based on this sikh uh, here, we see a different approach, a much deeper understanding of what the Chorban is about. The Pasik here is hinting to us, when we're talking here about the building of the Mishkan, it's hinting about the future Bate Mikdash that the Yidin will have, the first, second, and third. So the Pasik here is also hinting the extent of how powerful these Bate Mikdash are. Even while they're destroyed, it's not really destroyed, it's just possessed like a Mashkin, but it's there. There's no expiration date in the Mikdash itself. It's the cause of the Avedis of Eden that doesn't allow them access to the Beis Mikdash, but really the Beis Mikdash is fully there. And it goes even further. If it's the sins that caused it, it should have been destroyed much earlier. The Eden began sinning much before it was actually destroyed. So we see that the Ebishter waited, and he waited because the Beis HaMikdash is something that's very important, that it should be there amongst the Yidin. So all of this shows us how powerful the dwelling of the Shechina and the Beis HaMikdash amongst Yidin is. The lesson that we can take from this in a person's Avedah. The Gemara says this expression, it's enough for a servant to be as good as his master. And so we apply certain things that we see by the Eivishter that Ayid could learn from this how he should conduct, conduct himself. Just as the Eivishter held back from destroying the Vesem Mikdash a long period of time. Although the cause and the reason to destroy was there already for many years. Extending this time, the Eivish is empowering Eden, giving them the opportunity to do tshuva. So the same is true regarding our behavior. This is how we should behave with our, with another Yid, with our fellow. Not to ever withhold an extending hand to assist another Eden in matters of Taito Mitzvahs. To assist him, to help him in building the Mishkan. Helping the Yid build and bring the dwelling of the Shechina within every single Yid. Although the conduct of this individual that you're extending a hand to him is not appropriate or is not proper, and he may yet not even deserve this help. You may say, oh, he's a sinner. Why should I pay attention to him? But that's not the case. We have to follow the Abishter's example of extending the time and giving the Eden another opportunity to do tshuva, even though they sinned and they didn't deserve it. 
the contrary, nobody could say I'm exempt from this. This is a clear mitzvah, to rebuke your friend, in other words, to assist him, to show him, to teach him how to serve Hashem. Love your fellow as yourself. If you would be in that situation, wouldn't you want someone else to extend a hand and to assist you and help you to go back and to, to do what you're supposed to, to do tshuva? There's another very powerful point that we can see and learn from the Abish's conduct. Regarding uh, extending a hand to help your friend in matters of Taito and Mitzvahs, we can bring another Raya, another proof, so to speak, from the Abish's own conduct. Do not pay attention to the fact that your friend's conduct is not deserving for you to help him, you should anyways go out and help him. Where do we see this? So the Rebbe brings a very powerful lesson. The Pashas Tiso, Mesuper, Vayitin, El Moshe, Kechaloise, Ledaber, Itoi, Bahar Sinai, Shnei, Luchas, Eides, Gaimer. Moshe Rabbeinu, after Matan goes up to Har Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights. And at the conclusion of that time period, the Ebesheh gives him the Luchas. Hainu, Shekeshagomar, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Ledaber, Itoi, HaChukim, Vamishpatim, he gave him this luchai. So when was this? should be on the fortieth day when he went up to Arsinai, see him at Baruch completes learning with him. and then gives him the luchais to give to the Eden. So that's what happens. Now, what happened the day before the fortieth day? The Gamavor. Now the Pasik tells us clearly also as a eagle, be yoyma la metes la alias Moshe la Sinai. The day before, on the 39th day of Moshe Rabbeinu being on Har Sinai, that's when the Yidin made the eagle. And the Abishur was, of course, aware of this. Nimtza, so we have an amazing lesson here. Shekam la eagle. After the Yidin already had made the eagle. Adayin, loma kadosh baruch hua, satayre, Moshe. The Abishur didn't stop right there. The Abishur continued learning with Moshe. Amanasalam da achkak l'bnei Yisrael. And the purpose, of course, is to teach the Yidin. These Yidin that are making the eagle right now. And the Eber should give Moshe Rabbeinu then the Luchais to give to the Yidin. Although at that time, the Yidin had already served the eagle. So we see over here how the Eber continues to teach Teirah, to give Teirah to Moshe Rabbeinu, to share with Yidin, even after the Yidin sinned to such a degree. Okay, now Lachas Kama Vekama. So most definitely, this should also be the behavior of every person. Not to hold back from influencing your friends in matter of matters of Teiru Mitzvahs. And don't get the spall. Don't take into account the fact that he seems like he's undeserving and he's unwilling and it's it's it's. Don't take any of that into account. Go and influence every single year. The other of it. You'll go and do this. You'll follow the Ebishter's example. So then you'll cause an elevation, a spiritual elevation to your friend, to yourself. We were promised. When you influence, you help another. So then it illuminates the eyes of both the person that's being helped and the person himself that's influencing will also become illuminated, he'll be elevated himself. We will merit to have the building of the Mikdash within the heart of every single Yid. 
and Vayitezer, and then also Le'ubonam Mikdosh B'Kaimai, to have the Besamikdosh built in its place, in its permanent place, in Harabayis, Al Yidei, Mashiach Tzitkeinu, V'Meheira, V'Yameinu, Amen.